Welcome to the Narrow Way Podcast with Micah and Royce, where we discuss modern conservative ideas, self-improvement, applied philosophy, faith, technology, and much more. Thank you for joining us today. Our topic, stereotypes. Are they good? Are they bad? Are they immoral? Are they unjust? How are you doing, sir? Wonderful. And you? Just as fine as frogs here. Mm. So... I suppose we should first off define what stereotypes are in kind of some somewhat scientific background of how they're formed. What's your initial impression? What is a stereotype to you when you think with it? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? I never gave stereotypes that much consideration until I started watching Dude Perfect's uh, YouTube channel. And they do these hilarious clips on stereotypes and... And then you start seeing stereotypes where wherever you go, right? And and so for me, whether positive or negative, uh, a stereotype to me is something that everyone's seen. So you go to a library, and there's somebody that does the shh. And they don't do it publicly and stand up, and but they hear people talking loud and don't show any. Sometimes it's the librarian, but sometimes it's other just random people that are reading. And in their book, they make the noise, shh, so that people understand, hey, be quiet. This is a library. You're supposed to keep it down, you know. And so if you've ever gone to a library and been talking with your friends or or whatever even your kids trying to figure out a dumb book report to do or something like that 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 you can't stand and you're getting a little frustrated with your kid because they can't choose a book or something then you hear the shh then you know like that's that's it creates this thing that resonates with people that have experienced that yeah it's funny too there's a kind of a i've seen a TikTok trend or a lot of people making these videos then they kind of they'll start out it's usually people walking and they go like you know we're such and such of course we're going to do this this and this mm-hmm. we're such and such of course we're going to do this this and this and i can't think of any one specific one off the top of my head but if you've seen them you'll know yeah it's like this popular thing that's going on uh, of course we're baptist we're going to have a potluck you know yeah. something like that yeah, sure um, and it, that, that's what kind of got me thinking about this. And so I read this paper, uh, this research paper, I was looking for one and there's so much right now in the past couple of years, it's been focused on gender stereotypes and mm. I don't really have any interest in that to be quite honest, but this it, paper called stereotypes by Bordalo et al. 2015, it, it, somewhat of a scientific psychological paper. And basically the empirical reasons uh, that they came up with in this paper for why we have stereotypes and exactly how they're formed is essentially it's to reduce cognitive load. Mm. It's a way that we can kind of predict the future because our, our brains are always trying to see what's coming next, you know, make decisions on... The less the, uh, a small amount of information as possible, 
And stereotypes are really just a natural function of our, how our brain works in that we observe certain patterns and then we, you know, either culturally or individually, we kind of build these stereotypes of situations, of people, of groups. And then we, could, we make decisions a lot easier that way instead of having to take a detailed look at each individual situation or each individual group or each individual person, we can kind of apply this quote unquote rule to this situation and then make a decision off of it a lot quicker. So it, it, it which kind of makes sense. You know, we, we can't, we don't really have time to really deeply consider day to day, every little aspect or every little important detail about, a person or about a type of person. But really it's interesting of, of how the stereotypes are typically formed is it, it, it really just takes a slight over anywhere from a slight to a major overrepresentation of a trait, um, say in a group of people. And one of the ones they used in the study was, and I talked to you a little bit about this before we started was when you think of Florida, who do you think lives in Florida? Most people will say um, older white dudes or just older people, you know, people above retired. 65, yeah. people that are retired, people typically <clears throat> retire to Florida. Okay, that's kind of, a, if you live anywhere outside of Florida, that's kind of a stereotype of Florida. Florida's got a lot of stereotypes. There's other ones, but that's, that's a big one for a lot of people. But then when you really look at the numbers, Florida's rate or Florida's percentage of population that's over 65 is only like two or 3% more than the national average. So the represent representation of that specific trait, is just slightly above the bigger group, but it's enough. And the exposure culturally that we've had to that is enough to once that that is, repeated over several iterations of various social interactions that we have conversations with people uh, news broadcasts etc that kind of gets formed and we create this rule in our head that okay people in florida are old white dudes well obviously not everyone in florida is an old white dude it's just slightly more than average uh, the other one was um, all irish people are redheads kind of a benign stereotype, right? But in reality, only 10% of the people that roughly in Ireland are redhead, which isn't even close to a majority, but it's a decent amount higher than the rest of the world. It's one of the highest, they got the highest redhead populations in the world. So the representation is higher than average and the exposure culturally is enough to towards kind of common knowledge right that that representation is higher and then that births the stereotype so to speak now, those are pretty benign stereotypes to most people unless maybe you're a redhead and find that offensive but you know so it's really an interesting you know, if you look at it that way, it's just an interesting way that we have kind of cut down the decision-making process based on the information at hand. And it's very efficient. Mm. 
but we've also seen it go awry and we've seen people get offended at certain stereotypes. But generally speaking, there is a quote-unquote kernel of truth in almost every stereotype. But the representation really plays a key role in that. You know, you, you might say that um, people from a certain state, let's say Texas, you know, they're all fat because, you know, reasons. And, but in reality, they're just slightly, you know, if you look at the obesity of America, you know, they're slightly above average or they're definitely above average, but they're not, not everyone in Texas is fat. Everything's bigger in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so that's kind of how, at least as detailed in that paper, and I, and I think it's pretty pretty true of how stereotypes are formed and kind of why we form them. What are your thoughts on that information? So what, well, first of all, it's interesting, you know, because you would think that if there's a stereotype towards something, it would have to be a majority. You would think that yeah. that's like a requirement. Like if somebody's going to fall into this, there has to be a lot enough of those for it to be that. But that's interesting that it's it's just slightly above, you know. But when I think of stereotypes, one of the ones that I deal with, I think the most, because I was over in Russia for so long, and it's on, you know, I see it on YouTube, I see it with people that I talk to, and all the women in Russia are beautiful. Like, like that statement. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's a perfect stereotype because I will say there are a lot of beautiful women in Russia, but that all there, oh man, no, no, no. You cannot put that there, my friend, <laughs> because <laughs> that I've seen some, some pretty. Listen, man, yeah. all women are beautiful yeah. <laughs> in their own way, in their own way. Yes. But, but if we're talking about the world's objective measures of, the stereotypical, the stereotypical beautiful, beautiful exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, I, that it is not falling in that category, and so that's you know it's an interesting thing because you know you think of your stereotype. What's your what's what's the first stereotype that comes to your mind when you think of stereotypes? Putting you on the spot, sorry. Uh, Russians are bad drivers. <laughs> yep, Russians or Indian. Like if you've seen the video, well, Russians, yeah, because look at YouTube. Like eighty yeah. percent of the wrecks that you see on YouTube of the worst car wrecks, they're in Russia. <laughs> exactly, and that comes down to the whole exposure thing. It and does. that's a, that's another interesting fact is you a, a particular trait that we stereotype can be underrepresented, even baseline average. But if the exposure is high enough, mm-hmm. you, it can still be a stereotype. Like, um, like hillbillies mm. is is I think a good example. Yeah. People will stereotype hillbillies thinking that they live a certain way. And even the term hillbilly is kind of a questionable term. Sure. You know, people that live in rural areas will often be stereotyped a certain way. But a lot of times, the actual representation of that trait is barely there yeah, or but totally the, untrue or or complete exactly, yeah. sometimes completely untrue yeah. but the exposure through media through television through whatever is high, so high of that particular trait that that's the stereotype in yeah. society yeah and and i think 
I think there's societal stereotypes, and then I think it becomes more specific to people. Like, I think even just when I was in high school, and I went to high school, everyone knows the teacher's pet. Like, anytime the teacher asks a question, they're the first hand up. They can't wait to answer a question. I want to answer the question. And, and everybody in that room says, teacher's pet. You know, they... And so it's a... I think stereotypes are also a way for us to classify maybe even, I don't even want to say people we don't like, but people in order for us to understand, okay, when I interact with this person, I need to know that these things are probably present in who they are as a person. So whether I want, cause, cause I encourage my kids to be the teacher's pet, like, yeah, those are the smart kids. That's mm-hmm. what I want you to be, you know? And so there's that, and and not to just gain favor from the teacher, but to be the one answering the questions, the one that's thinking, that's interacting. Like, I, I want that for my kids, you know? And so whether it's positive or negative, there's this, there's this understanding that these things are present with this person I'm interacting with. Most of us know the jock that's struggling to get Good grades. A D on his yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff. And and he's he's trying to sit by the smart kid so he can not because he's trying to get smarter, because he wants to look at the paper that they're writing so that he could copy it. And again, there's a typically a kernel of truth, yes. at least in yeah. all of these things. And it's a way we can extrapolate a lot off of very little information. If I if I can throw you in a stereotypical category, mm. I can then I know I can at least guess about a whole lot of things in your life in an educated way oh yeah and it really reduces it allows us to make judgments maybe they're not the best judgments because they're based on so little information but it allows us to make judgments um quickly Mm -hmm. on people now whether that's good or bad is a whole another story yeah i think a lot of that's context dependent but you know i don't think we should just blanket oh stereotyping is bad yeah you know it has a place sure and i think in order to see that i think one has to see the good and bad stereotypes as well because um if you've ever been on the other side and you've been stereotyped um there's there's positives and negatives to that so like in russia when we were over there as soon as people knew that we were Americans, we were stereotyped. We, oh, they believe all these things. And, and especially from the mainstream media, most of the things that are broadcasted are not the greatest things, right? But there are a lot of things that are broadcasted, like a prosperous country, a place that you can make a life for yourself and a comfortable life for yourself. One of the richest, you can't fight statistics like that. Even no matter how much propaganda you put in there that we're rich, we're snobby, we're loud, we're, you know, all these things. But ultimately that would isolate us from some people, but then it opened up a lot of doors for other people, especially people that were in the business world and wanted to learn English more people that were, you know, uh, wanting to travel abroad, all of a sudden we became the best friend of those people and they would they would go out of their way to try to be around us, get to know us and things like that. Whereas the diehard Russian, you know, Russian nationalists would 
especially the communist ones would shun and detest us and and that would happen and so so there are good things to stereotypes as well as the negative and so uh that that i think has to you don't see that until you've been stereotyped before until somebody's actually put you in that place and and you experience that so yeah that's interesting it's kind of like speaking another language well, how does my accent sound mm-hmm. when I try to speak a different language? Because we know how everybody's accent sounds when they try to speak our language. Yep. But how does my accent sound when I try to speak theirs? Yeah. Like, I'll never know. Yep. I'll never be able to be in somebody else's shoes and stereotype myself. Truly. I mean, I can embrace a stereotype that I'm aware of, but y- you can't necessarily put yourself in somebody else's shoes in a perfect sense. Yeah, and but but I will say if you are like if you live in a specific country of that national language, learn that language and are around and hear that language enough, you can tell when Americans come and they have an accent. Yeah. And you can't like you said, I can't know how large of an accent that is to a Russian, mm-hmm. but I can know they don't sound like they sound. <laughs> For sure, you can tell that there's a difference. Yeah. Right. But it's like, do you, th- I guess I should ask you because you're actually bilingual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you could ever get to the point where, how do I word this? To where you know what you sound like as an American speaking Russian. Yeah. Just is it just be, maybe because you know what other Americans sound like, and you're you extrapolate that? Oh, that's going to be my that's my accent. No, no, I, you, you don't get there. You don't know. Um, I don't think you'll ever know how you sound. You can see it in other people, and you'll hear the difference because you'll know. My Russian friends don't say that word like that. How he just said it, they don't say it like. So you can tell that somebody has an accent but you can't tell how strong an accent is. And I mean, how would we explain how strong a Russian's accent is? Like, think about that. Like if a Russian comes to you and says, how strong, how strong is my Russian accent to you as an American? Like, like when you, you hear, like, how do you, well, it's like, strong <laughs> like what do you say right and so you it's can't very explain. obvious yes it's very obvious how do how do you explain that to somebody? He's like, how can i get better than you know yeah. you know it's just like well uh, okay uh let me know. let me help you enunciate i guess our our specific sounds that aren't similar to your sound and so that's where vocal coaches i guess come and things like that but you know still it's never it's so hard to explain that to somebody so i don't think i could feel that way have you ever found yourself embracing a stereotype that you know to be, that you fall in, like a common one? Oh, yeah. I, I talk about how I was homeschooled all the time when I preach. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> and, and I don't talk about it in such a bad way because they're, again, in the world's eyes, isolated, socially awkward, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the negative things are broadcasted everywhere out there but they miss so many of the good statistics of how successful, you know, people are. Yeah. Like you don't even play an instrument. I mean, you yeah. kind of play guitar, but 
Yeah, no. Not really. Not really. Not like your typical homeschooler. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, because I did go to a Christian school, I think, let's see, 10th grade and senior year I was at a Christian school and then junior year I did a public school. So m- most of my co- high school I didn't I didn't go to a yeah. homeschool, but all the way but up But we that. know the homeschoolers that do fall into the major yes. stereotype. <laughs> very socially awkward. Yeah. Plays instrument very well. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. yeah. Um, Ah, oh, that's interesting. I've I I found myself sometimes embracing certain stereotypes and then also like counter embracing certain mm. things. You know, where I'm like pr- go out of my way to let people know that I don't necessarily fall into this. Yes. You know, and maybe that's just pride because I don't want to be necess- ter- stereotyped in a certain way. Sure. But it's like when you lead with, I was, I did the homeschooling as a perfect example. Yeah. I was homeschooled, but, <laughs> and quickly like mitigate all of the typical stereotypes that people associate with Especially that. Especially the negative. Especially yep. the negative ones mainly. Um, I think it's, it's funny. I, I, I kind of, I, I guess people who know me and have spent time with me will kind of put me in a stereotype of sort of a, a hick, mm. you know, or a country person, yeah. whatever that general stereotype is. Right. I talk about hunting a lot. Mm. I just, and then I've had these same people come over to my house and I'm like, I can't believe you live in town. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I thought you'd live out in the mud, you know, out way out in the boondocks. I have like three acres of land. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish, (laughs) but no, I live in a house in town just like everybody else, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, and you know, I got two cars and the just a regular garage and that's, that's all she wrote. And it's funny to watch those stereotypes as more information gets presented to watch them kind of fall apart. Yeah. Not completely, but but I, I would say that too, like it, it impressed me. Because of, like you said, a country boy that likes hunting, fishing, and stuff like that usually isn't good with technology. Yeah. And how well you handle technology and, like, everything y'all see and podcasts that we have, he, you know, Royce pretty much did. And and so, like, when you see a country boy you're, or, or somebody that looks like a country boy acts, drives a truck, you know, has this, you know, blue-collar job, you know, things like that. They, they're a computer. What do you need a computer for? You know, exactly. <laughs> you know, yes. and that's, that's, you know, and so it is so true. Like that was something that when I saw how, cause like the guitar, you play the guitar and th- I was like, okay, that fits right. Country around the campfire. Usually they're, they're three chords of the truth. Yeah, exactly. Man. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, but yeah, the technology side, I was like, Whoa, okay. That's, that's cool. Like, you know, and that's, that breaks, breaks out of that. And I think every, like you said, every stereotype will break down somewhere because no one falls perfectly into every. I stereotype. think it really comes down to the only way that you can break them down is through personal information. Mm. Perfect example. And this one's a little more of a touchy subject Here we for go. some people. <laughs> um, I didn't have any gay friends mm. for most of my life. You know, I was 
we were raised conservative. It was, you know, I was around when the whole marriage act thing, it, it was always, I just didn't have any frame of reference or I had a one specific frame of reference. And therefore I had a stereotype of gay people. Sure. And it, I'll admit it was a negative one. Um, and then you make, you become friends with somebody that is gay and your paradigm shifts. Oh yeah. Um, maybe your paradigm doesn't shift morally. That's fine. I mean, that's between you and your creator or, or whoever, you know, the belief that's, yeah. your, that's your own personal belief thing. Yep. But as far as the relationship with that person, I'm, that's such a, a hot button issue for so many people. Uh, especially in our circles, it's like, okay, get some personal information first, then come back about and tell me about your stereotype. Every time it changes. It does, you know, and and sometimes I think that's a good example of where stereotypes can become such a barrier Yeah. Um, between people because I was that way. I was raised the same way, you know, with that very conservative, um, you know, belief system where this this type of lifestyle we don't do that we don't condone that and and so it i remember going to public school my junior year and it was in hillsborough uh, oregon there and so oregon i mean somewhat stereotype a, right st- there yeah there it is right <laughs> all you like, had to say was yeah, oregon. i'll know what's there no uh but no but uh it, it uh i remember meeting other you know guys and one was a really friendly dude and he was a nice guy and I got mm-hmm. to know him, you know, and stuff, not knowing the whole time that he was gay yeah. and, um, never, never tried to, to, you know, start a f- relationship, you know, nothing like that. It was, it was a very down to earth person and not flamboyant about it or anything like that, but just, uh, that's what he decided to be, you know, and, which is another, you know, is it decided by them or not? I know that's, but anyway. Um, Don't go there. Yeah, we are not going there. I mean, that's not the purpose of this stereotype. Not at all. <laughs> the purpose is, is that these stereotypes, many times what we have in our mind is not actually what, not everyone falls into that. Yeah. And, and, and it's not who they are. And Again, there's always certain people that will fall into that sure. and, and really em- embody that stereotype a lot more. But again, the representation, it's usually pretty small. Yeah. And, and I think Christianity has somewhat, I would even say grown uh, in, in their relation to, you know, that whole movement mm-hmm. and people, because you see in scripture always first is love. And so you, there's this understanding of when Jesus dealt with people, he showed love first. You can't go into the world and expect them to all be doing what the Bible says perfectly. You can't you expect know? anyone to do what yeah, the Bible exactly, says perfectly. Right? And so, and so you, you meet people that don't agree with you and don't believe like you do and to expect them to instantly change or leave. That That's just a, that's just a recipe for you're not going to have any fruit or any progress in your de- desire to tell teach other people what you believe. 
And so there, there needs to be that love first, um, in every, everything that doesn't agree with, you know, what you're trying to teach. Love first, explain later. Yeah. And, and ultimately explain, and then they make the decision if they want to continue to learn and continue to believe and, and follow that's their choice. But ultimately I think Christianity used to stay away from these people. Don't go near people that do this. Do don't go near people do this, 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 stay away from them. And it's like, okay, well, those are people too. And, and we like remove that. And all we saw was this, this thing that we don't agree with. That they do. That they do. Yeah. Yeah. And, And we stereotyped them and we put them in there. We said, this is all that exists in this stereotype. And it was wrong. Yeah. And, and people were wrong about that. And um, and I think that's something that, that we can continue to grow in, um, is to learn to, you know, there's this this phrase that I learned, but, and, and you know, again, this will probably be somewhat controversial, but, you know, you love, you hate the sin, but you love the sinner. So if, if they're doing something that you don't believe in, don't, don't hate the person for that. You got to you got to say okay, no no no. I'm supposed to love everyone. The Bible is very clear. We love all and we choose to love. But you also don't have to say, "All right, well, because we have to love people, love is love," as society tells us, so we let that come into everything. And so no, no, there's clear indications of what God says we should do and we have to abide by those and that's people's personal. Yeah, that's the thing. Decision. I can anyone I will, on some point, disagree with how they live their life. Sure. Just pick anyone at random. There's going to be something. There's going to be something that I do that they disagree with. There's going to be something that they do that I disagree with. That shouldn't be a barrier. Yeah. You know? And it's like the homosexuality one was such a, is such a glaring, because I think we got it so wrong. Yeah. Um. Christians in general got that one because it, it was such a stereotype. Yeah. And it was like, you, you know, but, you know, we, the Bible says this is wrong, so we won't even associate with these people. Well, the Bible says a lot of things are wrong. The mm-hmm. Bible says pride's wrong. Yeah. The Bible says, um, yeah, envy is wrong. Things that we engage in every day. Yep. Things that the Bible says specifically God hates. Yeah. You know, the seven things that the Bible says very specifically God hates, homosexuality is not on that list. It's not. It's all stuff that we've all done. Yeah. So it's a bad argument to use that uh, I'm going to, you know, not even engage with a certain group of people because they do this thing. Yeah. Okay. The Bible says that's wrong, but you got to look at the big picture on this. The Bible says just about everything we do is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's sin. Yeah. So perfect example of a stereotype though, that really g- breaks down when you have p- that personal data yeah. to accompany it. Um, I mean, sure. There's stereotypes that are more generally speaking true, but they're usually single element, you know, one only one uh, dynamic to them mm. and let's see if i can think of a simple one oh, 
my mind just went completely blank. <laughs> Can you think of a, of a simple stereotype that's kind of benign, that's one-dimensional? One-dimensional. Here's one. Everybody from the South speaks with a Southern accent. Yeah, that's a good one. Most people... I might catch heat for this. Most people do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you were born and raised in the South, most people do. I would say more than 50%. Right? That's a pretty solid bet. Mm-hmm. Because accent's very regional specific, and it's kind of a hard thing to get away from if you were born and raised with it. Right? But not impossible. Not impossible. And not everybody, again... There's very few universals in the world. Not everybody from the South that was born and raised speaks with a Southern accent, mm-hmm. but most people do. Um, pretty benign thing, you know. Yeah. Not negative, just different. Not negative, not positive, pretty neutral. Um, but you can't really break that down any further because it's one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. It's the stereotypes, I think, that are multi-dimensional that we build up based upon certain data that those are the ones that on a personal level break down so far, because when you have more than one dimension, more than one data point, none of them are going to be consistent across each individual. So, so we've established that stereotypes are not generalized bad. They don't have to be. They don't have to be. There are some that are, but the mitigation force behind that would be personal experiences. Yeah, personal experiences and um, I would say categorizing for um, self-interest even, just to be able to to say, okay, this will help me. This might be not a perfect representation of who this person is, but it helps me understand, okay, so if someone says they're born in Texas, you know, we, we know there's going to be pride there because almost everyone I've ever met from Texas liked that they were born in Texas, you know, and so it's, yep. you got a good, a good, you know, but not everyone, God you know, bless Texas, yeah, man. yeah. Uh, but it's, it's just prevalent, you know, and Pol- so politics. Yeah. And, and, um, and so, yeah, I think that that is, that is something that we naturally do. We're like, okay, they're not afraid of conflict and they're proud of Texas, you know? <laughs> so that's the, that's some of the, the, the major things that, but again, like I said, I, I know some people from Texas that aren't loud and obnoxious at times about being from Texas or, and they don't necessarily love conflict. So, you know, breaks down on a personal it does. level, it breaks down, but but it helps us categorize and, and know, okay, I need to know this going in, not to do a opposite hook them <laughs> horns downward. Type Stereotypes yeah. can help keep you alive. Yes, they can. And so, uh, so yeah. yeah. Another good example. When I went to, when I myself traveled to Russia for the first time, mm. You know, and as an American, just like Russians have a stereotype of an Amer- of Americans, Americans have a stereotype of Russians, mm-hmm. and there is some truth to it in certain aspects. But when you actually go there, 
And Russia was an interesting one because it's that relationship between the United States and the USSR and the Russian Federation over the years, especially over the last hundred years, has been such a polarized one. Yeah. And you just think. And publicized. And publicized. Yeah. The exposure element is jacked through Mm -hmm. the roof. And the representation from a lot of people is very low. You know, so it's, you go there and you're like, what am I getting? And, you know, you just think that you're going to get beat up or, mm-hmm. you know, s- something. Who knows? All the typical, atypical Russian stuff's going to happen when I go here. Uh, and you go there and none of it does. And you're like, oh, these are just normal people. Yep. And they like pretty much the same stuff that I like. And, yeah, I mean, you see the stereotypes flare up occasionally here and there. but. Sure. It's very minimal. Mm-hmm. And you go, man, I feel safer here than I do back home. <laughs> and that's a weird realization when you're yeah. like, oh, this place that, you know, and granted, this was seven, eight years ago mm-hmm. before current events. <laughs> yes. But still, like, that personal, and once you receive the personal experience of, oh, this, this, this stereotype's blown out of proportion. Definitely, but I would also say it's somewhat, if you're going to visit someone in a foreign country, it's different than just going and visiting a foreign country by yourself. Does that make sense? Yes. Because you have people that are receiving you. They know where not to go. They know the places you, every all the locals avoid, and, and they don't take you to those places to avoid some of those stereotypical things that could happen. Good point. And, and so that's what I would say that with that is just, you know, growing up over there, we went through some of those stereotypes and experienced those things and used that knowledge so that when people came to visit, they wanted to return and not, ah. I'm never visiting that missionary again. So it, was all pl- it was all a ploy. No. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> no, I, no, I completely makes sense though. It's it like does. if somebody visited me. Yep. I'm not going to take them to the worst parts of Portland, Oregon, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, where all the stereotypical Portland stuff goes on yeah. that they see on the news every night. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take them to the cool spots. Yes. I'm going to take them to the the normal places, you know, the nice, the things that are not going to reinforce these stereotypes. And sometimes they'll ask, they'll say, well, where's some rough stuff? And then you can take them to that if they really want to see You're that. You're just dying to see <laughs> the camps. Yeah. They're there. They're there. So you got to know where to go, but yeah. they're there. Yeah. I think they can, these things can be useful. I think we wouldn't have them embedded in our psyche if they weren't to some degree useful. Because, like you said earlier, they can save your life in certain circumstances. Like, if I meet somebody and I have a very small amount of information about them, I know they're just say, you know, Brazilian or something. Maybe I don't have a lot of experience with Brazilians, but I have a stereotype. So I can use that information from my stereotype to go, okay, I'm not going to say this (laughs) because that's going to make them mad, you know, or it has a high probability of making it. It's all kind of a probability based thing. This, this, has a very high likelihood of making a Brazilian mad. I have yeah. no idea what it would be, but 
just as an example. Messi's better than Ronaldo. Oh, okay. There you go. (laughs) That is the one that I do know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Example. Yeah. You know, where if I go to Europe and I meet somebody in Europe, I have a stereotype that's flip-flopped, right? Yep. Argentina, especially. Yeah. No, you know, the the Ronaldo thing's not as big of a problem up there. Yeah. Um, And it's just a way that I can fluidly navigate social interactions where I don't have the data sets to back them up, mm-hmm. you know? And we talked about friendship on the last episode. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of when you make friends with someone, all the stereotypes go away because you have information now and you don't need those things because you actually know the person, you know, you know, you can break past the, hot buttons you can break past all of these these barriers or these things because there's a relationship there now and i think the more relationships you can have the less you will even need stereotypes or think you need them or you know employ them but i would say that's a good like we mentioned in the episode um somebody that's seeking a friend stereotypes can be beneficial in that i mean if you are going up to somebody that's a diehard Trump supporter. Whoa, you went there. And, <laughs> you know, or something like that. That's, you know, there's this really important thing to them. It doesn't mean you can't be their friend, you know, but you know, you, at least in the beginning, you got to avoid certain topics, even if you don't agree with them in order to give the potential for a friendship. So s- stereotypes can save you from, ruining the possibility of a friendship period and some people say well i don't want to be a friend with the Trumps." okay that's 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 fair enough you got your answer yeah you you don't want to waste your time there. exactly yeah so there you go but but it also can you know something that may not be that big of a deal to you you learn like you said a stereotype of them then you can say okay for now i avoid this until i find a way to allow them to give me more information on this to understand why they are the way they are. Right. Yeah. Great example. Politics is such a stereotypical thing in general. Sure. I mean, and it, and I think anything that has moved online where the data sets even smaller mm-hmm. and smaller and smaller with a specific person to where you boil it down to a, maybe a bio page that's a couple sentences long and you have to run off of, that information about this person, now your stereotype has to be so encompassing. Yeah. And, you know, and then it reinforces itself on a societal level. And you can see this in in actual data. You see the trends. If you ask somebody 50 years ago, if you believe in um, uh, free market capitalism, how will that predict, how will that predict your belief in, you know, these other issues. Yeah. And the correlation was there, but it wasn't anything like it is now. Like, and you can see this whole divide of people that's happened. You know, we've seen it over our lifetime where it's just become more polarized, you know, like people, more people going out of the middle to the sides, right. Of this whole left, right thing. And, not that I even care about politics per se, but you can see this polarization that's happened and it, it, it's really stereotypical 
sure. in that nature is like, okay, now if, but it's reinforced itself to the, at this point where if I go up to somebody and I, and I know you're a Republican, I can guess with really high accuracy what you believe on all the major issues. Or if I go up to somebody and they, I, they identify themselves as a liberal, mm-hmm. I have a pretty good idea that they probably what the, you know of how they believe on a quite a few number of issues now again with the personal information that can break down but because it's been reinforced so much on a societal level we see that people have almost embraced the stereotypes at this point yeah and and i would say people who used to used to people who in the past might not have believed in not might not have believed in one thing they now believe in that thing because not only has it been so polarized on a societal standpoint but also in a media standpoint they only listen to specific channels and what they tend to agree with and they might not in the past have been for you know whatever but now because of watching the channel, it's been shown and reinforced only the positive side, only the good effects of these things to where now they agree with that thing. Yeah. And this this kind of goes the opposite direction of, okay, instead of breaking a stereotype down, if I'm somebody who wants to embrace, mm. and why would I want to embrace a stereotype that I about myself? You know, and there maybe I want to be more of a, feel more part of a group. So I will embrace the stereotypical things of a group. And if you get enough people to do that, even if the stereotype, again, is really underrepresentative, if you get enough people that have that stereotype in mind and they want to be part of that group, they will embrace the stereotype to a point that now it becomes majoritative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what's happened I agree. In, the po- in the political front is... There's a stereotype of a Republican. There's a stereotype of a Democrat. And we want to be part of a group, We or we have to be part of a group in the case of voting, pretty much. So we consciously or subconsciously adopt these stereotypical tenets. And then so many people do that, that now that stereotype is 100% true or almost true. Yeah. You know? Instead of having the that data breakdown where we're constantly breaking down stereotypes and, and using them, but then breaking them down, using them, breaking them down. And, and I, th- I believe in a benign way, benign meaning it's just a function of a, a fact of life as the technology has facilitated that. You know, not a, not. I would say maybe maliciously in in some aspects with the media and et cetera, but just the technology itself of the ability to the, what technology facilitates in our day to day lives has inadvertently really pushed this embrace of a stereotype. I think, and it, I think. I, Fundamentally, I think it comes down to just lack of data sets. Well, yeah, and 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 I talked about this a little bit today, but um, kind of in 
a sermon that I was going through, but just the fact of, of how our feeds feed us information that we enjoy seeing. Right. And so that naturally is going to reinforce these interests, you know, and then guiding us specifically to becoming a specific way. And, and that is something that we have to be very careful of because, um, you, you become blinded, purposefully blinded, uh, to certain things instead of learning to find the right balance and understanding neither side is a hundred percent right. Right. That there's the truth is in the middle somewhere. And, and that's where people I think need to really start opening their eyes, conservatives as well as liberals that, that, okay, I, I should never ignore, you know, all the scandals and things that have happened on our side and in our party and liberals the same way, like really take a look at the things that you choose to agree with and what you don't agree with. And that's okay. You don't have to line up perfectly in the stereotypical uh, category, you know? And we've talked about similar things before, but you know, earlier in this episode, we talked how I mentioned that stereotypes are a way of the reduced cognitive load mm. because we cannot necessarily contemplate every detail about every situation or every person, you know, at first meeting. Yeah. Cause we're so also unique. Yeah. We just yeah. can't, we don't have that much time and brain power. Yeah. But people have used that same thing in embracing the stereotypes of their group as a way to reduce cognitive load, mm-hmm. right? So if I embrace this group stereotype, I believe this, 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 and this, I don't even have to think about these things yeah. because they're the stereotype. That's just the part of the group. This is what the group believes. And that whole, I, I, I don't have the cognitive resources, the intellect, the time, the, the willpower to critically think about each of these things. So I'm just going to accept the palette. Mm. I'm going to accept the stereotype. I'm going to accept the, you know, the party line, whatever you want to call it. Especially if there's not sufficient interest to mm-hmm. want to know more about said person or, or stereotype. You know, if somebody doesn't have any kind of interest in politics or any kind of interest in religion, you know, then they don't care about a bunch of those stereotypes. I don't care. And, and and so the only time they care is when it's about a specific subject that they do care about. And so in order to understand enough, they say, okay, stereotype. Okay. That's what they mean. Okay. Got it. And then they don't even think twice about it. You know? Yeah. So how do we differentiate Moral and immoral, mm-hmm. ethical and unethical stereotypes. Because I, I would probably go so far as to say there are unethical stereotypes. I agree. But how do we differentiate? And is there a way without simply out simply without experiencing more data on an individual basis? Is there a way to differentiate and mitigate this problem? I think the main way that we can improve is 
kind of understanding what we talked about already is that no one falls perfectly into a specific stereotype. And so just because you hear somebody voted for Trump, for example, doesn't mean they fall in all those specific stereotypes of what a diehard Trump supporter, you know? And so, and on the opposite side as well, just because somebody voted for Joe Biden doesn't mean they fall into all those specific categories of of finding, being disciplined enough to finding the truth about a person um, and, and seeking for that truth instead of just slapping a stereotype on them and saying that that's, and, and I think that'll go so much farther than us finding out if a stereotype is good or not good because there's so many different situations in where a stereotype can be good and then in a different situation that same stereotype can be bad. And so because there's so many that are that are both good and bad, um, trying to understand if it's ethical or unethical, it's it's just a fact of life that humans are going to do. You can't force us to stop stereotyping. We're going to naturally do that. But being aware, first off, of your own perceived stereotypes and and how you can, when the opportunity arises, mitigate certain things when that interaction happens with certain people. Especially with like ethnic stereotypes. Oh, yeah. That's a very controversial one right oh there should be no ethnic stereotypes well there is yes every group of people has one and every country has it about you too exactly like americans we always are like we're so bad because we have these stereotypes about these people it's like, they think about you the same they stereotype you too you just don't know about it exactly. right <laughs> it's so true and i i don't know why it comes to my mind but the stereotype of armenians yeah right heavy gold chains oh White t-shirts. I don't know. That's my stereotype of Armenians. And you know why? Because I don't know that many Armenians. Mm -hmm. I haven't interacted with them, especially in the United States. I've actually interacted more with them abroad. Yeah. And and the few that I have, they really didn't fit very well in that stereotype. But culture, you know, just my cultural exposure, that's my stereotype of Armenian. Some dude wearing a heavy gold chain, hairy chest, and like a a wife beater t-shirt. Sure. You know? And the probability is higher, but it's definitely not going to umbrella oh, yeah. the whole group of people, and, you know. And I and that's to me that's kind of a benign one. I don't think anybody really would get offended at that. Sure, but there's also other ones. You know, you don't you don't mess with you know skinhead dudes because yeah. there's a there's a solid stereotype there, you know, and that's not it's not bad. And yeah, there's going to be some skinheads that you can have a a good relationship with, and that aren't going to kill you. Mm-hmm. But that stereotype might save your life in certain it situations. Yeah. So it's not unethical or immoral. It's just that's information. When you only have that limited information to go on, you got to roll with it mm-hmm. until you can get more. Yeah, and, and that's and that's what I would encourage people to do is tactfully get more. Yeah. You know, get more information as opposed to just blindly stereotyping because that, that we can be lazy and do it that way too. We can be that way. So it's a hundred percent laziness when you boil it all down. It is it's just, yeah. a, but for certain reasons, yep. 
you know. Interesting. Any closing thoughts, sir? Um, what's your stereotype? Hmm. What is my stereotype? I I would say, you know, one that I've I've fallen into and just dealt with a lot just as a pastor's Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, Christians are specific ways and Bible thumper. Yeah, Bible thumper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Baptist even like oh, you, yeah. you. You know the. It's sad how much the world loves to throw, um, and and society loves to throw shade on the failures, and they ignore the successes. They just ignore a lot of the statistics of how good churches and Christianity are for our moral society, and how they improve places that they a church opens up, and how much that improves society in that area. Um, crime rate, uh, substance abuse, like all these things that it it helps and benefits society. We love to just ignore that and just say, well, look at this pastor, look at this priest, what, look at these people, look at the awful things they did to children or, or to other people or, or teenagers, you know, all these things. And, and we ignore the good things that they do just because a lot of the times they're more conservative you know, and, and being conservative isn't necessarily popular today. And, and, uh, and so that, that's what I would say too, is something that, that with stereotypes has been a kind of a button of mine that I, that I try to, I try to, um, open people's eyes to, uh, of that is, as I say, you know, a lot of stuff in our country and, and, and Christian, I say Christian, that's abroad, but it, you know, like I said, even Baptist, like that being that more specific, just because, um, you know, there is a, there is a, there is an identification there that happens when people think of a sp- any specific denomination, really. There's been a lot of exposure yes. about certain things mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, the represent representativeness is there. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I think, I think there's a, there's something we can all learn in, in stereotypes of, of learning how to, um, not give in completely to stereotypes. Be forthcoming with the data that will change the paradigm. Yes. Will change people, you know, know what the stereotype is if, if it's something that you're quote-unquote battling against Mm -hmm. or trying to eradicate on some level and be armed with that data, whatever it is, whether you're a part of a a group, whether you're part of a religion, whether you're whatever you're a part of, and there's a stereotype that's there that you know about, be ready with the data that to disarm that. You know, if you're a Christian, be ready with the data to disarm the stereotypes that apply to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially the negative ones. Yeah. Yeah. And somewhat you can even acknowledge the positive ones and say, but, and they might be positive to you. They might be negative to the person that you're talking to, but be honest with it and embrace that side of it, you know, Uh, because that's, that's where I, I can't stand, you know, something that I, I, I've, I've taught before. And sometimes the greatest, the greatest difficulty with Christianity and telling others about Christ 
is other Christians and how weird that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how that shouldn't be, but it's true. Where the stereotypes come from, you mean? Yeah. 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 There you it's there. <laughs> it is. And, yeah. and so, and that's the, uh, yeah. So being open to understanding that it's possible, both sides are possible, but seek that information out, you know. Seek it out and present it when you can. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Any more closing thoughts? We'll wrap it up. No, I don't think, I, I'd also say, don't be afraid of if you fall into a stereotype. It's okay. You know, I don't think, you know, that's a bad thing. Um, especially if it's a positive one. Yeah, especially if it's a positive one. And, and if it's a negative one and you see that it's true, it's a way for you to grow as a person. Yeah. Uh, to be like, well, well, that's how they perceive me. Even if it's not true, even if it's not, you know, what I think, they're getting that from somewhere. So what am I putting out there that they're able to, rec- they see that from? Um, and, you know, sometimes it's blindly and then you can't do much about that. But if somebody's you actually have talked to and gotten to know and, and they say something and you're like, what, wait, why, why would they say that? And then you can kind of dig in and say, I, I'm presenting this way and this is what people are perceiving about me. So I need to be careful and I can grow here. Always growing. Mm-hmm. walking the narrow way yes all right till next time thank you sir thank you thanks for listening